When it comes to investing for the long term, it's important to look at more tax advantage ways of how you can be able to reduce your tax liability with your retirement accounts. And with iTrust Capital, they allow clients to invest in crypto through an individual retirement account or an IRA. IRAs are tax sheltered accounts, which means all of your crypto trading is tax free and it can even grow tax free as well over time. The process of signing up with iTrust Capital is really easy and the service is awesome. The best part is, is that it's totally free to open up an account and there's no hidden fees. The platform also offers a growing list of over 25 different cryptocurrencies to invest in with more being added all the time. So it's easy to diversify your portfolio with a new mobile app that allows clients to trade whenever they want. iTrust Capital has really earned its place in the market being voted best crypto investment platform throughout the US. As a special tip for my listeners, if you open and fund an account today, you will get a $100 funding bonus added to your account. To learn more, click the link in the description to open up a free account and get started today. Welcome back everyone to another episode of Insightful Principles. In today's podcast, I want to talk about three personal finance books that changed my life. If you all can do me a huge favor, if you could please rate, leave a review, and also share this podcast with your family and friends. So the very first personal finance book that I enjoy reading and that I would recommend anyone to read is The Geometry of Wealth, How to Shape a Life of Money and Meaning by Brian Pernod. The author, he goes down this journey to define the difference between wealth and being rich. It's essentially a book around behavioral, personal finance, and just how that approach relates to building wealth. Now, the author goes into this concept of wealth, and he actually defines it as contentment and the ability to develop a meaningful life. And and when I think about that with contentment, that doesn't mean that you're settling or you're going against the status quo but simply you're stopping the goalposts from moving and you know when enough is enough. Rich leads to an unsatisfying treadmill because you're constantly chasing the next thing. The first concept in the book that he talks about is we can't control all parts of our financial lives. However, we do possess an astonishing amount of agency. The human brain is a powerful tool to solve financial issues. And he goes into fast versus slow thinking. Now, fast thinking is when we act spontaneously based on situations we experience in the world. For example, if you're driving and you see someone jump out on the road, what's the first thing you're going to do? You're going to immediately hit your brakes. The brain is always scanning our surroundings for dangers or harm. And when we come against those dangers, most of the time our brain reacts unconsciously. This can relate to financial decisions as well. Have you ever had a time where you spent a large sum of cash that you probably didn't have? I know that I have, especially when I was in college, whenever we would receive our refund checks after the tuition and room and board was paid uh, for that semester, they would give us a refund check of kind of like some extra amounts that were left over. Now, rather, instead of me keeping that money and investing it or saving it, 
uh, I actually took a majority of it and I went to the mall. You know, I bought some nice clothes. I bought some expensive shoes. And when I look back on that, you know, I wish I would have took those refund checks and put them all in the stock market or put a down payment on getting a small property or something that was a lot more affordable back then. But you live and you learn. But all of that is to say is that most likely our fast brains took control of those situations. Now, we also have something called slow brain. This is in charge of rational thought and analyzing difficult decisions. So the author pulls a study from the Encyclopedia of the Social and Behavioral Sciences stating 40% of the choices we make in our lives are conscious decisions. If you utilize your slow brain to make those decisions, you'll be on your way to financial fulfillment. The next thing is the best method of risk management is to reduce your exposure to losses. A very important concept that the author brings in the book. And reasonable money management is having a balance between risk and reward. So risking $1 to make $2. Always ask yourself, how much am I willing to lose on this position? We often focus on how much we want to profit, but keeping your losses limited is vital so you don't drain down your portfolio. It's like insurance, whether you have it on your car, your life, or even your home, it's in place to reduce your risk in case something bad happens. Now, the next thing and the final thing that I enjoyed also throughout the book that was brought up is gratitude is good for both your purse and your soul. Such a important reminder for us all to keep in mind. Financial health isn't only about crunching the numbers, budgeting or picking the right investments you have to be thankful for where you're at now appreciate your process and be happy for the progress you have made in your financial life gratitude it shifts your attitude and it changes the way you spend as well if you're grateful for the food that you have in your fridge you're not focused on going out to pay for an expensive meal when you're grateful for the returns you have made with your investments you're not focused on taking crazy risk in the market. Now, the next book that's also another favorite of mine is The Psychology of Money, Timeless Lessons on Wealth, Greed, and Happiness by Morgan Housley. This book really showcases how the mind and our habits impact our financial decisions. And The Psychology of Money teaches you how to be better when it comes to managing your money and making smarter financial decisions. Now, the very first concept in this book is the experiences we have early in life determine our financial decisions later in life. What Morgan Housley is trying to get at with this is that everyone's backgrounds are different. Some people may have... This podcast has also been sponsored by Ledger, the largest crypto hardware wallet in the industry. They're trusted by over 2 million users. And the purpose of having a hardware wallet is to protect yourself against exchanges, freezing your crypto assets. You look at Celsius, you look at Voyager, uh, actually freezing the withdrawals and also any type of trading on their platforms. When you have a hardware wallet, it does remove you from this particular risk. Also with Ledger, they just recently release their Nano S Plus, uh, which is giving people the opportunity to use Web3 uh, to be able to take advantage of DeFi and using NFTs uh, with on their hardware wallet. 
but if you go in the show notes, I'll have all of my information so you can be able uh, to take advantage of the different offerings that they have. And Ledger is the best in class when it comes to safely securing your crypto assets. Grown up learning about investing while others may have been brought up not learning about investing at all. And there was a study that was conducted throughout the book detailing how people invest according to how the economy looked when they were younger adults. So someone that dealt with high inflation in the 80s, they may look at today's economy and say bonds may, are not a good investment because we're in a high inflationary environment now. You may have someone else that dealt with the Great Recession that may have lost their home, may not want to invest in real estate because they've had a previous experience when we were going through that subprime mortgage crisis where they lost their home and now that changes their mindset on investing in real estate in today's market. So it's vital that we look at our hidden biases and understand how we think so we can improve our decision making when it comes to our finances. Any financial decision you make in life should be backed by analysis, logic, reliable facts, and an open mind to different perspectives. The author highlights how you have to adapt your thinking and be willing to get rid of old beliefs. The decisions you make in the market, whether that's selling your investments when the market is down, can wipe years of your savings, while holding them and staying the course can speed up your financial freedom. The next concept was getting money versus keeping money, another important concept. Obtaining money comes with taking risks, being positive about the future, and taking a chance on your rational decisions. Keeping money is the complete opposite of taking risks. It's more about discipline, delayed gratification, humility, and awareness, meaning as the Lord giveth, he can taketh away also. So be thankful for what you have accumulated and know that past success in the market doesn't guarantee future results. Be frugal, have the awareness of preserving your money, and don't make irrational decisions. The final book, another one of my favorites, is Millionaire Next Door, The Surprising Secrets of America's Wealthy by Thomas J. Stanley. The main theme of this book is the author is looking at the traits of the wealthy, and it's not what you would think. It's not about the big house or the shiny car or the jewelry or most of the materialistic things that we see in society, but rather the book highlights how wealthy people reject the big spending habits often shown by the rich. So some of the concepts and the traits that the wealthy have is the first one is millionaires spend according to a budget. Budgeting is how you become and stay wealthy. Don't be concerned with high consumption products or services. Be aware of what you're spending your money on. Have boundaries when it comes to your finance. The next trait, don't worry about showing high status. Most millionaires live in middle-class neighborhoods and drive American vehicles. 50% of millionaires never spend more than $29,000 on a motor vehicle throughout their entire lives. So I thought that that was very eye-opening. 
If you're a podcast enthusiast like I am, you probably thought about making a podcast on your own. Creating a podcast is one of the best decisions I've made personally, but it definitely can feel overwhelming when trying to start one on your own. That's where Buzzsprout comes in. Their platform is hands down the easiest and the best way to launch, promote, and track a professional podcast. It's in fact so good that they have helped over 100,000 people launch their own own podcast. Buzzsprite will get your show on every major podcast directory such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more within minutes of your recording. You also get a great looking podcast website, detailed analytics to see how people are listening to your podcast, and tools to promote your episodes as well. Plus, Buzzsprout publishes new blog posts, podcast episodes, and YouTube videos every week. So you can learn the ins and outs of podcasting from people that live it every day. To start your own podcast and to get a $20 Amazon gift card, follow the link in the show notes that lets Buzzsprout know that we sent you and help support our show. Buzzsprout, the easiest way to start a podcast. And most of the traits of millionaires described in the book, they buy used car vehicles. So they're not even buying brand new vehicles as well. The next trait, invest 15% before you pay anyone else. So before the phone bill, before the car insurance, before the car payment, before rent, before credit cards, if you have those, you want to make sure that you're putting 15% away before you allocate your money to the bills that you have. Now, people accumulate wealth by minimizing their realized taxable income and maximizing their unrealized non-taxable income. So think of realized income as your earned income. You have a job, you get a paycheck, they take out taxes. Your non-taxable income, the unrealized income, would be if you had a tax advantage retirement account such as a Roth IRA which is an, an individual retirement account that gives you the ability to invest your funds in stocks, index funds, commodities, and you can obtain tax-free growth on the earnings and the capital gains. And it's also tax-free withdrawals once you reach 59 and a half. So you definitely wanna maximize those type of tax advantage retirement accounts and you wanna minimize your earned income that's taxable. The final trait is Millionaires spend on good financial planners, estate attorneys, and accountants. The education you surround yourself with will determine the amount of wealth you build over time. Most millionaires pay a tiny fraction of their wealth in income tax, so you got to have a team behind you. And when it comes down to estate planning and actually passing down wealth to your children, to your children's children, you need to have the right people around you to have that expertise. So that wraps it up for this podcast. Definitely some great reads if you want to learn about personal finance, just the psychology of money, understanding how millionaires operate, how they think, what their traits are, and understanding also the differences between wealth and being rich. I mean, these are three great books that are foundational books for me and even books that I still look at and read from time to time to just pull gems. But I thank you all so much for listening to this podcast. If you can do me a huge favor, if you can rate, leave a review, and share this podcast with your circle, that would be greatly appreciated. 
And I thank you all so much for listening and take care.